Oh, good morning, everybody. Yes, it still is morning. I just got that right. Okay, I'm going to um, continue this morning on the series that uh, Chrissy commenced with last week, where, if you remember, she was picking up on some of the uh, prophetic thoughts that had come during the time when we'd been waiting upon God uh, for guidance about the way forward for us as a church. And two aspects uh, she gauged she gauged um, her talk around uh, were were these when I get there so she used two verses if you recall and it was about continuing the journey that we're on and the verses she brought were these enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it and this is what the Lord says stand at the crossroads and look ask for the ancient paths ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls now she brought those two scriptures because the words that had been given were we were not to choose um, a smooth and easy downhill path. Do you remember that? But we were to select an uphill path which had been um, visualised to be on the, on the side which appeared rough and overgrown. And furthermore she brought some insights around those two verses uh, which talked about aspects of our existence that were, were to be discarded for the journey, things that wouldn't be helpful to us. And also um, those aspects of our, our beings, our, our practices, our habits that were useful to retain. And those were the two themes that, that Chrissy brought last week. Now I want to move on from this and to consider what we might expect as we choose to embark upon this journey together. Remember, it's a journey that God has already said we don't need to know the final destination because he will journey with us along the, road, along the way and he will clear the path as we go along. We needn't worry about exactly where we're going God is going to do the guiding. So drawing upon experiences from other characters in the Bible, and uh, it, it will involve men and women, I just want to look at their journeys, see what they experienced, and to draw those parallels with our own experiences that we might come across ourselves. Because the one thing we can be assured of, no matter what we come across, no matter which way we go, we can be sure that God will be with us, because he said he will be with us. So here then uh, are some of the aspects which I believe could happen to us as we embark upon this journey. Let's see what we could expect. Now, not everyone, not everyone 
will stay on the journey if the going gets too tough. That's something which frequently happens in life. People turn aside and say, I can't cope with this and I'll drop out. It happened in the Bible and we'll look at some examples in a minute or two. There could well be changes of direction. We're not going to go straight to the point because often God takes us on a winding route. But nonetheless, he's there with us during those, those different moves, those different pathways that are following in the direction that he's taking us. Certainly, we can expect opposition. Nothing ever happens in the Christian life without opposition. In fact, if you don't get any opposition, it's probably unlikely that you're really walking on a good Christian life. So, um, expect opposition. And I think there will be moments when it's going to be very, very exciting. And uh, it'll probably take us into areas where we've never, ever ventured before. It's going to stretch us. It's going to make us take new avenues, do new things, things that perhaps we thought we'd never ever thought we'd be able to do. And finally, we're going to need to stay the course. We're going to need to be resolute. Staying, staying power is so important in, in a journey with the Lord um, in order that we get to where he wants to take us. So let's look briefly at some of these aspects in a little more detail. Remember, Jesus said, don't begin the journey without first counting the cost. He said, if you're going to construct a building, or maybe go on an uncertain journey, he didn't actually say that bit, but he said, if you're going to construct a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money in order to complete it, uh, or finish it, what's the point? And I think that's due to our, our journey as well. We need to say, do I really want to be here? Am I able to stay to the end? Will I be able to achieve what God wants for us? So let's look at these, these, three aspect, uh, these uh, five aspects together and, uh, and decide whether or not this is for us. Well, first of all, turning back. People often choose not to embark uh, upon a new course of action. They might feel, for example, the decision's not right. I don't agree with this. I, I'm sorry, I just can't go with it. Or it's not what I expected. I really thought we were going to do this, not that. And therefore, I'm not up for it. And it's sometimes a matter of convenience or comfort. And they say it's better for me not to have to put up with any extra inconvenience. I'm sorry, but that's it. Or you might say, well, I'm happy as I am. What's the point in, in attempting to improve what we already have? It's okay right now. That's, that's often a common um, position that people take. All of those are reasonable questions. They're valid reasons why we, why we shouldn't. Uh, attempt the course. However, Jesus never ever promised 
that the Christian life would be easy because he said this he said then then he said to them all whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me for whoever wants to save their life will lose it but whoever loses their life for me will save it and furthermore he said this no one who puts a hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God now they are serious statements that Jesus made and we need to consider that before we toss out anything that God might be saying to us at any one time but as with all things God gives us a choice he never allows you uh, he never orders you to do anything he always says you, you choose he gives us that free will choice now in the story of Ruth and not our Ruth two widowed young Moabite women commenced a journey back to Judah it's a place where they had never been and it was with their mother-in-law Naomi but as they were about to leave Naomi counseled them and she counseled them to stay she said think about what you're doing and she said go back and find new husbands because their former husbands had both died and one of them called Orpah she she did turn back and she kissed her mother-in-law and went back to her own land but we read Ruth took a different course and she clung to her mother-in-law and she used these words don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you where you go I'll go and where you stay I'll stay your people will be my people and your God my God where you die I will die and there I'll be buried may the Lord deal with me ever so severely if even death separates you and me what an amazing sense of commitment that young lady had but we all know the outcome Ruth's determination to carry on towards that country which he'd never been to before culminated in her becoming the great-grandmother to King David in the lineage the same lineage as to what Jesus was born into if she hadn't carried on that would never have happened what an amazing outcome to follow the the course that God was taking her upon secondly as we said we might experience direction changes God takes us often off in different different directions in order to achieve his overall goal and it's highly unlikely that when we embark upon a new new path that we will immediately reach the destination that we're going for because we don't know what the destination is and that certainly wasn't the case when Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt towards the promised land now I'm not going to go into that because I understand David's going to be elaborating on that particular story Oh, pardon? No, no, before then, Abraham. Okay, he's with Abraham, so I could have elaborated on it, but I won't. <laughs> so, 
even though the children of Israel wandered around the wilderness because of their own disobedience in many cases, God was still with them throughout the whole of that period. But these things happen to us. They happen to Christians. They happen to the Apostle Paul. Because the Apostle Paul uh, was directed by the Holy Spirit in one case to change his intended uh, place to go to. We read this. Paul and his companions travelled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus wouldn't allow them to. So they passed by Mycenae and went down to Troas. But during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul was intending to go somewhere else, and yet the Holy Spirit intervened and told him we need to go off in a different direction. That can happen to us too. We need to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying to us all the time in order that we pursue the right course and don't get deviated along a path that God didn't intend us to take. Another thing we consider was we can expect opposition. Jesus himself met constant opposition from the religious and influential people of his day who saw that his message uh, challenged their man-made rituals and their legalistic rules that they had developed which seriously undermined their status in the eyes of the people and that's why they hated Jesus so much it was the religious people that caused Jesus the most trouble the, le the legal people and the religious people and they resisted the opportunities that God's simple message through Jesus was delivered to them. They, they said, we don't want this. We don't want anything to do with this. Because they didn't want their hypocritical sort of standards um, to be revealed at all, which is what Jesus was doing. And so Jesus made it clear that his followers... Uh, should expect no difference from the world in which we have inhabit today. We are his followers and we're going to meet opposition because we love the Lord and he told us to expect opposition. And likewise, the Apostle Paul uh, reluctantly shared that he endured many things for the sake of the gospel. Dreadful things. Things which, if you read this lot, it's going to appall you. And he said this, I've worked much harder, I've been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and have been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea, I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, 
in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, in danger from false believers. I've laboured and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And beside everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. I think that's real determination. <laughs> I believe that's what you call tenacity. And I think if we anticipated uh, such severe opposition, uh, we'd probably never even have embraced the Christian faith in the first place, if we're honest. Yet, we can be certain we will meet hardship at some time because Jesus promised it. He didn't promise a, lot, a nice easy road to glory. So how willing are we to trust him on this journey that he's going to take us? He told us to count the cost. He told us there'll be opposition. The other aspect we've talked about, which I think there'll be aspects which are really exciting, that'll be really great, into any areas or areas where we've never ventured before, things we've perhaps never ever done before. In Luke 10, we, we read of, about the, the, the disciples, the followers that Jesus sent out, 70 plus of them, and he put them on an assignment, he told them what to expect. And I'll read portions of that passage. It said, The Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two in pairs ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He, he told them, The harvest is plentiful. It still is today. But the workers are few. They are few today too. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, something we've got to pray about, to send out workers into his harvest field. Remember that verse? Here am I, Lord, send me. Is that something which you, you can embrace too? And Jesus goes on to say, Go, I am sending you out like lambs amongst wolves. Further on it says, when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what's offered to you. Heal the sick and who, uh, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. Our own places where we live should reflect something of the kingdom of God too. Whoever listens to you listens to me, but whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. But the 72 returned with joy. I said, Lord, even the demons submit to us. Now, I think that gets people excited when they see the enemy of uh, the, the, the followers of Satan being in utter defeat at the name of Jesus. And we can expect that. Doing the Lord's bidding no matter how trivial, comes not only with earthly joy, but his ultimate words, which is, well done, 
Well done, good and faithful servant. Isn't that what you want to hear when we finally meet up with him one day? And finally, the point that I, I, I last made was we need to be resolute. Jesus, in spite being fully aware that he was going to face death towards the end of his life's journey, he broke this news to the disciples. You all know the story. And he said this, we're going up to Jerusalem. And there the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and to the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death, will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. I put in the but. But on the third day, he'll be raised to life. The hope of every Christian to be resurrected with him one day. So then, Paul says this. Oh, no, it's not necessarily Paul. It's the writer of the Hebrews. I choose to say it was Paul. We probably don't know who wrote this. But he said this, this writer. Let's run with perseverance. The race, or the journey, marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, joy, he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God that was a marvellous joy because what he purchased was our salvation and boy does that cause us to be joyful consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart and it's here that I think that we find the key to it all Unless we fix our attention upon all that Jesus commands and allow the Holy Spirit to guide our path, then our journey will be fruitless. It will be purposeless. We'll go nowhere. We'll just amble along aimlessly. We'd simply be following our own instincts and probably end up languishing in, in a barren wilderness similar to the children of Israel that uh, we talked about earlier who chose to follow their own ideas and ignored God's promise that he would be with them throughout. It's easy to be put off by the challenges that we all face. And it, it's understandable. It is a, a tough challenge. It's easier to settle down and allow things to drift without any effort on our part. But it isn't God's way. God always intends us to be on the move. It's a dynamic thing, Christianity. It's not a static thing. We must keep going the way direction, in the direction that God takes us. Yes, he does promise us rest. But that rest is the freedom from worry that, that, that God gives. It's that perfect assurance, assurance that God is in full control. But we are expected to partner him in the task of uh, revealing his kingdom. And that's what we want to do. Just share something of his love, his kingdom, uh, as he builds his church alongside us so if you're feeling tired you're feeling daunted remember Jesus said this he said come unto me all you who are weary and burdened I'll give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light 
So one final thing. Never allow yourself to believe that you're inadequate to be part of this journey. That you haven't got what it takes. Because God says this through the Apostle Paul. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Not something we need, not bits that we need, everything that we need, God has given us in order to go with him and as we partner with him on the journey that he's calling us to. We need to be intentional. That's what it said on that hope video. Are you intentional? Am I intentional? Am I willing to stay the course? Am I willing to be obedient to what God says? No matter what, he says, I've given you everything you need. Amen? Let's just pray together. Father, we we bless you that you think us worthy to be able to travel with you on a journey towards a destination that we know not what of but we know that it's something that you require of us as a people and Lord we want to be obedient to you we want to show our love for you we want to serve you as your children because what you have paid for us the price that you paid to purchase our salvation just makes us awestruck yes we're in awe of you Lord so we just pray, Lord, that you will strengthen us. You will give us the resolve, Lord, to follow you and to be close to you in all that you call us to do in the coming days. And Lord, we, we just want to see your church being built by yourself, your kingdom flourishing, your people growing in number and in knowledge of you, and this nation becoming a nation that honours your name. Because we all ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.